Hello, everyone. Welcome to the live reading. Um, from what I heard, you guys knew that I was uh, <laughs> I was sleeping five minutes ago. Hey, guys, how's it going? Late. You can. You know what? No. All right. Here we go, Derwin. Um, yeah. Just because this. Mm -hmm. All right. There's one timeout already. There's another timeout. There's one more. Okay. Hi, guys. How's it going? Welcome to live readings. Um, woke up like five minutes ago. Yeah, uh, we're going to get right into the readings today. We're going to be reading chapters 34 through chapter 36. So things are going to really be kicking up for the story. And I do apologize for <laughs> kind of a rough start this morning. But let's get introduced and familiarized with the cast. We have some new faces today that you guys are going to meet. And yeah, what we normally do is just introduce everybody from top to bottom. And if this is your first time on the live readings, we also kind of try to interact with chat here and there. If you are gracious enough to donate, subscribe, or if you are a member or become a member during our readings, we will be reading that in between chapters. We do brief chapter discussions and try to keep you guys as engaged as possible. So without further delay, let's get right into introducing the cast. So going from top to bottom, I believe Hunter would be first then. I I will just but, say, Hunter, I wouldn't um, actually I wouldn't say, your like, name. Yeah. Say, say your name. Yeah. Say your just name say and my... say you're going to be a character. Yes. Okay, so my actual name. Okay, so I am Hunter, uh, and that's it. <laughs> He's, yeah, they're playing a character. Yep, I'm playing a Welcome character Hunter. today. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Best, best character. Hunter. Best character. Really Shut the it. fuck up, you Capella Sim. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hello. I'm Jace. Who who are you? Who are you playing? Who's who's your character? <laughs> hello, all you meat creatures. I'll be playing Capella. <laughs> Hog. All right. Uh, that Capella voice is just perfect. It's incredible. And is my mic okay today? Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, hey everybody. I am Tealdi. I will be playing Best Girl Krush. So, yay. Ayo Swole, how's it going, man? I'm gonna be honest, I didn't think I was introducing because I'm just here, but uh, hi, I'm Swole. Uh, I do art for this sometimes. Uh, oh. I'm literally just here. I'm probably gonna be discussing stuff. I don't know. How far are you in the story? Uh, I'm at like chapter 51, I think. Okay, cool. Next up. Super. Oh, wait, that's me, right? Yeah, that's you. Hey, guys, I'm Super. I'll be playing Garth. Hi everyone, I'm Hollow. We're playing Julius, kid narrator. <laughs> I'm Kyle. For now it says kid narrator. I'm V Kid and a narrator. <laughs> you just reminded me the overlay isn't on. Now it is. Okay, Wulu, I think you're next. Hello, everybody. I am just a humble Wulu, and I'll also just be a humble narrator today. Uh, hello, I'm Drad, and I will be narrating and perhaps stepping in for a few roles later on. Narrator Kel, is that your name? Yeah, Narrator Kel. Nice. All right. Um. Okay. Yeah. Super is there. All right. Whatever. Um. Hi. Hi. I'm uh I'm Wolf. I play Subaru, and I'm being British for once and actually drinking tea. Dude, I need Hi. something Yay, to wake me. So. Introduce yourself, Ricardo, and I'll say my stuff. I am the eagle, the light, the lightning eagle, dog man, old man, 
today. Uh, hopefully, you all enjoy. Great. This is we're gonna knock it out of the park, man. You're gonna do so. Who's um, who's covering Wilhelm for today? Uh, I think it's me. So Shut I was that like leave a little earlier I, than uh. I can narrate to Cal. <laughs> you can hollow, jump in if you like. Oh my god, hollow sounds different. Legit. Yes, this is my morning voice. Literally, you sound different. My morning. voice. Give me Hello, everyone sounds voice. different when they first wake up. I'm not joking. I legitimately woke up, looked at my clock, and I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. We're live in five minutes. And I like sprinted out of the bedroom and came here. Yeah, I'm I'm legitimately not alive right now. But you guys all sound good for um for balancing. Um Who's going to be narrating chapter... Me. My brain's not alive yet. Chapter 30, 34? We have it all set up, Hollow. We paint cool. Yeah. It's going to be Drad, Wulu, than me. I love theater. Okay. Let me... Do you, do you need, like, maybe... Take, like, maybe two minutes to clear your throat. You are in the first chapter. I know I am. It's fine. I think I'm ready to, all right. to read. It's... I'm uh, sorry. Wait, sorry. sorry. I need... Uh, Jason is just setting up music. Yeah. No worries. Oh my. We could go make tea. I, I could do a lot of things right now, Kyle's. It's it's okay. Take a couple minutes <laughs> so and like morning, make some coffee. Built different. True. Some some coffee some coffee might be might be good. As as Swole Gita would say, I'm built different. Oh, you guys missed you know, it. Hollow was I a know few in five seconds ago. Were you guys like freaking out? Nah, no. I was just gonna make fun. That was about it. Oh, you were making fun? Jokes. Fuck yes. you. Okay. I was worried <laughs> that your fire or your house finally caught on fire. Or that. No, Lightning we're wasn't worried about, about that. that. I don't believe that. The construction that. drill finally won. Come on, guys. I said I was worried. <laughs> I don't believe Lightning has any sympathy towards me. Lightning did. <laughs> Lightning did. He did. He did, yeah. Uh, I'll tea and. Does my voice sound that different? It's just yes. lower. You sound pretty different, yes. You, you finally sound... sound like you're in a man territory. Good job. You sound <laughs> incredibly tired. You sound like you you have hit people. Yeah. So yesterday, we did the live stream. I passed out for a half hour, went to work, came back home, uh, helped Nugget with her stream, fell asleep, did my own stream, fell asleep again. Woke up at 4 a.m., fell asleep again stupidly. I should have just stayed up from 4. But you just set another alarm that's louder and you allow yourself to sleep. I don't set Still. alarms because they don't wake me up. Get an alarm that can hit you. And then I think it's because I didn't up. listen to rain noises falling asleep last night. Are you serious? Yeah, oh, it, I it love, might be. oh, I love rain noises. I right. told you. It's let, me, let me just get the images set up so that we don't have any artwork from the artist today. No. Okay, thank God. Uh okay. Guys, I swear here on the holographic YouTube channel, we are professionals. All of us, except for Lightning. But you know. You're just gonna be a prank <laughs> yeah. to me now. Yeah. I yes. If anyone here is a professional, it's just uh, not uh uh early. Uh, not on time. <laughs> That's the first time in like four months I've slept for that long. I'm taking the piss. Jesus. Okay, I need to. You're just mad at me for calling him a Capella simp. No, I don't. I don't mind that. I'm mad at you for taking the piss that I actually had sleep for once in my life. 
Hello. I'm telling you to sleep. I was the one said you should sleep. Okay, okay. Okay. Give me like, give me a, give me a hot second for the hundred and eighty-seven of you that are here. I'm gonna go like put on a shirt, put on my glasses, and like wake up. Give me a hot second. Go fucking do it, mate. Shut up. Carry chat. I love all of you. Bye. Love you the too. Are the artist. True. So, fun, fun wolf fact. I've not really drunk tea many times before this, so I actually quite oh, like really? it. So I become a habit. <laughs> yes. It's a godsend when you're voice acting. Oh yeah. It's a godsend when My you're voice acting. Yeah. <laughs> Best kind of tea is vanilla Earl Grey or vanilla yeah, mint. That's good. Nah, I vanilla tea is the best tea. Vanilla tea, best vanilla chai. Yeah, the only tea I've been drinking that's not really a tea is Arizona's. That's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> juice. I love juice yep. too. Wolf, you're not I, I British. You do not drink tea, mate. I'm like the least British British person alive. Like, imagine. <laughs> I'm more <laughs> British. Maybe that's than why you. we can tolerate you. She's my nationality. You're not what Satan happened? spawn, you're only somewhat subhuman. Damn. Oh, <laughs> I quite like the British. How much tea do you drink a year? Uh only about like a, a gallon. Only a gallon? <laughs> uh no, get give me your British card. Hand it over. This is my first cup of tea this year. Wow. <laughs> you lost your British privileges. <laughs> no British. Well, how the hell am I more British than you? Well, I like to think of it as uh you know. I can't be bothered to spend four minutes of my life to brew a cup of tea. <laughs> well, that's a Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. You'd rather be focusing that time on making incredibly bland food. Damn. Mate, Why are you gonna hit us like that? I, I, I would I would be offended, but I I eat what I can to survive, okay? This is my mentality. I mean I respect Flash it. Like, I think the food that Wulu makes looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, thank you. Yo, Wulu. Cuisine. Cuisine. Indeed. Fun fact, I happen to be gluten and dairy free also. Yay, dairy free! Damn. Epic. I would be dairy free, but I like mac and cheese, so like... Oh, yeah, I, I risk it for mac and cheese. I try to go vegan, but that's too hard, so... I just... Maybe Wolf prefers Eastern tea. I can't afford Eastern tea. <laughs> what is instant tea? Eastern. Oh, Eastern, yeah. You know, back at like one of the malls we had, there was just like a whole tea shop. Like it was just crazy. Like everything was in there. They were selling like yeah. really fancy pots and stuff like that. Well, I, I like, really need to start green because that sounds like the shit. <laughs> the only teas is basically been like Arizona's for me, and then they used to have like this really nice orange tea at Starbucks. I don't remember what it was called. I think it was like Passion. Oh yeah, Passion tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. We sold that, and then it got canceled when we bought out Tivana. <laughs> Let's get straight into the readings ten minutes later. How am I more British than you, Wolf? <laughs> I'm slightly more alive, I think. Yay! You sound better. Hey, hello. I guess I splash water in my face and I, I'm making tea right now. I'm very pissed off. I don't have like water Earl Grey or English breakfast and I want to cry. Chug a cup of just scolding hot coffee. Did and I just hear Pat by the way, or am I losing my mind? No, you didn't I hear think... 
I'm yeah, losing my mind. I'm hallucinating. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you imitated Pat's voice. So I don't know how yeah. you came. It's to the me, Pat Curly. I love theater. I love the theater. Top of the morning to you. Theater. No, I love the way he says theater. All right. Hollows live. Yeah. Um. A hollows. Hollow lives. Yeah. Not for long, buddy. This is better than the, the lust if prologue. I am going into this like ripping the bandaid off, dude. I don't know what the hell I'm reading. So if there's any lines like yesterday screaming fucking uh, fall Goa, I'm fucked. I'm <laughs> like, not going to be alive for much longer when I get my hands on you, buddy. Oh my god, why is Julia seeing like a fucking diatribe right at the start? <laughs> oh, stop complaining. <laughs> I have so many more lines than you. Shut up. If I bend Same. my knee and lose my sword, what is left for me? Hey, I got some. I don't too, fucking yeah. know. Go die and shut up already. You don't get to complain. Have you seen my lines? His impressions are so terrible. Hey, yo, what's poppin', baby? My name Grill. Hey, yo, what's poppin', baby? My name Grill. What's poppin', baby? My name Grill. Ultimate power. <laughs> I can't, I can't chug it, caffeine. I've done that before, and it gave me like. Is it weird? The biggest yeah. headache. Is it weird? Is it weird if I think that like I don't actually have a lot of lines as a narrator? Uh, <laughs> are you okay? Just you wait, um, Wulu. Just you wait. I think just we have to stand this there and okay? watch me burn. We can start it, everyone. All right. You stole right, tea from us South Asians. We were the OG tea connoisseurs. Okay. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> empire and shit. All right. The worst thing that's gonna happen is if Makun dies on me. That's not. But yeah. Don't jinx it. Praying for Makun. Pray for this head on. All right. All right. I believe in the power of friendship. You know what? Let's just. Yeah. You know what? Let's just go. And all you need is the power of friendship. Oh my gosh, right. that's my kettle. Okay, I'm gonna turn that off. It's so loud. Yes, the, typically it. kettles are quite loud. Hollow. Well done. Does he not have push to talk? No. No, wow. he just leaves it on. This has always been a thing. Yeah. All no, I was just, it's just. You are excused. Yeah. Well, Mac not for using a Mac, but still. Off of a cliff, <laughs> and we'll all be happy. That needs to be a video. Oh, I'm getting rid of my Macoon. Hell, I can't even keep up with so, this. Yo, maybe so send to Hollow. He can like duct tape that Mac <laughs> to his Mac. Hopefully, it will run. I Double the max, double the power. It's a big <laughs> max. Oh, we have two hundred. Wait, we have two hundred viewers. Let's go. Let's start. Let's. We yeah. have to start. Right. Right. Oh shit! Oh cool. fuck! Oh shit! Oh fuck! Everyone. Okay, so sorry. One more time is narrating this since I'm brain dead right now. Oh, dude, Pog. Drad. Yeah, Drad. Serenade me with your voice. I'll try not to disappoint. I think Kyle's. I think. Drad, yeah. hit me, hit me with that that best. fucking sexy voice, my guy. Like right now, or when I'll be reading. You're narrating the first one. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um. If we're all ready to go, I'm ready to roll. If you guys want to. Yep. Get it. Get right into the news. Let's go. All right. Let's fucking so, go. Three, two, one. Someone disconnected. Oh well. Three, two, one. Arc five, chapter thirty. Four, swordplay and melee. Standing on the rooftop of City Hall, a black dragon flaunted its wings at Swoo's group below, opening its mouth to reveal rows of sharp teeth and a long, snaking red tongue. 
The black dragon narrowed its golden eyes, continuing to issue a laugh so high-pitched it caused physical pain. That black dragon's appearance was more or less exactly how Suru had imagined the dragon species. Madrash's sharp and awe-inspiring face was very much dragon-like, but her make, mane, and physique were not. Earth dragons were on average comparable in size to a horse, while the dragon overhead was closer to an elephant. With that figure, the black dragon could not possibly be capable of flight. Perhaps its strong wings were merely served as a bluff. Yes, flight should be impossible. Being ravished by your heated days isn't exciting at all, you meat creatures in heat. Ah, this is awful, being seen by people like you who can only think of sexual gratification, so I won't approach you. Fanning its wings towards the ground, a gust of wind strong enough to make one's body tremble whipped. A long tongue fitting outward as if licking her lips, the black dragon, Capella, gave a twisted smile. That dragon's expression was incredibly chilling. Perhaps because of the language barrier, communication was heavily dependent on interpretation. Patrashi was a good example of that. She came off as quite likable because of her gracious attitude not to let emotions show on her face. On the other hand, one could not help but be disgusted by the dragon in front of them for how humanly it behaved. I haven't heard any mentions of this before, but can dragons speak? As they have lived for a long time, dragons are extremely intelligent and can understand human language. As a matter of course, it seems that the divine dragon Volcanica, who forged a covenant with the kingdom, can of course communicate with us through language. Even though, I do not know if it would reveal this much emotion. Julius, from a distance, gave a detailed answer to Suru's question. The finest of knights had his blade raised at shoulder height, eyes never leaving the black dragon. Of course, Subaru and the other four were in the same state. In front of them were two swordsmen of outstanding strength, and above, there was a black dragon who had named herself the Archbishop of Lust. Their original needs had compounded to a wall of tension. At the least, we have a chance of dealing with the swordsman. The woman, wielding her longsword in a flaw in posture, and the giant waved his swords around as if re-familiarizing himself with the blades. Although the extent of the swordsman, swordswoman's strength was still unknown, the giant had chosen to directly take Ricardo's attack. Needless to say, it was not because of any clumsiness, but because he had a strategy in mind. Knowing that any damage would be regenerated, long-range attacks, their earlier plan would still be incredibly effective. However, that would only work if six people tried their best to have the attack connect. Is there anyone here who's fought a dragon? Yes. Wilhelm-san? Seriously? Although Subra had thought his question hopeless, Wilhelm had responded with a low voice. The old swordsman turned to face the surprised Subaru. Nearly 40 years ago, I was sent to subjugate an evil dragon named Balgin, who appeared to the south of Lagunica. The concentration of forces caused much diplomatic tension because of the proximity to Valchia. Setting the diplomatic ramifications aside, how was the experience of fighting a dragon? 10% of the Knight Order were totally, uh, which totaled 500 were sent to battle against Vergen. And although the crusade succeeded, 40% of the knights died. 
us, uh, the Crusades succeeded, but the result of uh, but the result was a disaster. Its fiery breath, its endless stamina, and the vulnerability of a swordsman in midair are all things we should have taken better consideration. It would seem that our situation is even more desperate. Seems to lose despair, although Wilhelm based. Urgen was one of the most uh, difficult beings to fight, truly worthy of being called a dragon. Compared to it, this is too small to be called a dragon. It should be dead upon beheading. And Falcon did not? Urgen had a total of three heads, which all needed to be removed. Having finished speaking of that distant tango of death, Willem tightened his grip on his sword. So, beheading would sternly kill it. That was reassuring. Seeing Wilhelm's well-prepared stance, Subaru also took up a battle pose, whip in hand. Seeing their refusal to yield, the black dragon Cabela seemed rather surprised. My, my, my! You're all so disgusting! You're beaten and miserable, and, aside from my reinforcements, you're facing a sin archbishop! You rotten creatures should hang your head and heads and channel the meekness of insects, and yet you're acting all normal! What's putting you with all the other insects wrong? <laughs> Stop fucking around! What can you even do against our numbers? My amazing self will go up there and crush ya! dog is hurting my graceful ears. Or rather, I made a mistake. You're no rabbit hound. You're only a puny kitten. Meow, 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 meow. Don't be angry just because the kitty you were with died. What? <laughs> Faced with those cruel jabs, Garfield shouted but choked on his own response. The dragon was clearly referring to Garfield's earlier defeat, where he had almost been beaten to death. This added to the details of what happened with to Mimi meant that Capella had been watching the fight, and what surprised Garfield even more. Bastard. How did you know my amazing self's a demi-human? Huh? How do I not know that? I mean, how do I know that? Don't think so highly of yourself. Not even a single one of your hairs interests me. I could tell that you were a filthy half-breed from the moment I saw you. You're not making a mockery out of me, then you're a fool! Too stupid to die! Speaking unspeakably cruel curses, Capella turned towards the rest of the party, snorting. Such stench! Such stench! You slabs of meat all snow rotten! Wrinkled old meat! Meat that feigns cleverness! Hairy beast meat! Ah, disgusting! Oops! Capella, constantly giving her toxic comments, turned her gaze slightly in Crochet's direction. A sticky, feverish light entered her squinted eyes as she poured all of her attention upon Cruch, who subconsciously held herself tightly. When Cabela spoke, her voice was almost pleasant. But mixed with all their refuse is quite the piece of meat. So beautiful, so cute, such a nice scent, perfectly in line with my taste. It looks immoral. What beauty! That body! That appeal! Ah, I really, really, really want to break it with my own two hands. That's enough. Huh? Had she become completely fascinated, her expression trance-like, the black dragon stared towards Krush as if wanting to lick her from top to bottom. At this moment, the rising pressure of anger interjected to interrupt her. Her attention still fixed on Krush, 
The black dragon looked up impatiently. And before her wide open eyes, Julius entered the scene, waving the tip of his sword much like an orchestra conductor. Be burned by my sixfold light, El Pralium! Julius's six quasi spirits formed a circle overhead, each gleaming with a different color as it fired a multicolored beam of light upward. The rainbow beam turned white at the point of impact, Capella, and she began to scream because of the direct hit. This is the price of your chatter. If you had any real skill, you wouldn't spout such nonsense. Obeying Julius's command, the quasi spirits continually fired the scorching light. With Capella's piercing scream serving as background music, the two swordsmen had been silent and still, suddenly knocked off the slate ground, flying towards Subaru's group. Stop there! Like hell you won't! Here, Garfield and Wilhelm both spoke up. Wilhelm flew straight towards the swordswoman, while Garfield faced the giant's twin blades with his own twin shields. Don't leave. Show me your sword play. As she began to retreat after meeting his first blow, Willem cut her off with a sudden strike. The old swordsman breakthrough was The old swordsman's breakthrough struck up and down with the violence of a storm. The length of her longsword was not proper to quick action, which served her defense poorly as Wilhelm lashed out rapid strike after strike. Even so, the woman also proved fearsome. She cleverly shied away from any swing that was unable to parry with her clever foot placement, and smoothly, with practiced ease, regained her balance. Each time her whirling sword snapped forth, it became more and more apparent that the female swordswoman's body was molded to hold the sword she was using. Wilhelm's skill had been enough for him to challenge the white whale, and now stood at the level. But the woman's outstanding talent and skill was enough to impress Wilhelm back. Uh. Issuing a roar with momentum smooth as silk, Wilhelm's reaction of cuts and swings increased in speed. Who would laugh at the old man now? His swordplay was the pinnacle of swordsmanship. His sword captivated the eyes of many young would be inspired to pick up the blade and follow his example. His blade a mere flash, it killed the air itself, it killed the ground itself, aiming to embed the tip of its blade into the woman's body. Still silent, the woman was prepared, and each strike would help the old man's blade, which had been sharpened for years. Without words, without righteousness, the woman was like a doll whose only purpose was battle. A doll that swung its sword according to the rotation of its ears, according to the fighting genes engraved in her body. She killed the air, she killed the sky, she killed the ground itself, and mercilessly parried the braids approaching her. A quiet sword fight that did not seem to be purely a battle of steel against steel. Her sword must have been light, much lighter than the old man's. However, each side's swordplay was clean and pure, and aside from strikes on their respective targets, no unnecessary destruction happened. That was the beautiful realm of the sword, at a most honorable one to reach, for the beings who live the life of a swordsman and of using the blade. The two waged their silent battle with repeated collisions, their swords only being seen as flashes. This was the sacred realm of the sword itself, and intruders could not be tolerated. Not far away, another battle unfolded. <laughs> Roaring muscles flexing, earth being trodden, and flesh echoed. Stuck with dizziness, ignoring the hit he had suffered, roaring 
at the feeling of hitting back his opponent, spitting out the bloody vomit due to the feeling of having his internal organs crushed, rebelling against his opponent's power to pulverize his very bones. Unlike the elegant duel taking place next to them, the battle between Garfield and the Giant was one marked by chaos. Although the Giant could be called a swordsman, his fighting style was different from that what would that imply. Not sophisticated at all, it was irrational as a barbarian or a mindless beast. Correspondingly, Garfield also fought without a sense of etiquette. Garfield's fighting style was wild and animalistic. Due to Sewell's influence, he had named it Garfield no Sentidake Yoshiki. It was an absurd sort of violence that only Garfield, who relied on instinct, could perform. It could not be imitated by anyone. In fact, Garfield's violence and the bar giant's barbarianism really matched well with one another. The savage, straightforward duel was one of stamina. The battler who reached the limit first would lose. Therefore, the victor and the defeated would become apparent for all to see. Those giant swords were also incredibly heavy, that receiving them with only one arm would surely shatter Garfield's elbow, so he needed to use both arms in order to deal with them. However, if both arms were used, nothing could be done about the other giant sword, which meant a direct hit. Therefore, Garfield needed to decisively use his shields to parry those swings, holding them obliquely. Its arm blocked the massive sword, but allowed it to slide along the shield with its momentum, thus deflecting it. Frighteningly, the, gar the giant was not merely wheeling swords wildly and blindly. That barbarian style of battling was savage, but his strikes were shockingly direct and powerful. That could not be achieved with talent alone. That was skill that could only be acquired after the giant had clearly practiced tens of thousands, tens of millions of swings. Taking those swords with a half-backed half-block would truly be impossible. With the slightest of wrong moves, the giant sword would be would cleave the silver shield in half despite its bluntness, and Garfield's body would resemble that of a broken shield. Don't get around no more. Therefore, Garfield had to do everything possible to combat the violence of those large swords. As they slashed from above, he parried. As they swept from the sides, he parried. As they swung up from below, Garfield parried. Then, from a gap, his arm took a punch, forcing Garfield to retreat. The problem was that, in addition to two powerful hands waving large swords, the giant had another six arms. Garfield's defense could be punctured with a third attack, and the giant had started using not two, but three hands to grasp those swords. Garfield had the advantage in speed, but the giant's strength and versatility was far superior. As his chin was struck, he parried a massive sword, and his knees were kicked, sending his face plummeting towards the ground. Four more blows followed this, but Garfield caught himself as he fell, and finally managed to block this attack over an, this attack an overhead slash by planting his feet firmly on the ground. Blood, broken bones, and bitter cries, those were what the savage battlefield was filled with. The blood of the people watching boiled, and they could not help but shout. The sound emitted by the clashing of shields and swords was akin to a various percussion instruments being struck, and the sparks playing around akin to fireworks at a live concert. <sighs> on one side was Wilhelm's quiet duel, and on the other was Garfield's roaring war. Sewer and Crush 
held their breaths, unable to join either battle. It was not due to inability, rather, they were too shocked by the fighting spirit from both sides to react. However, all night Super was submerged in such emotions. Ah, this is bad. We gotta act soon. Ricardo, who had been surveying Julie's magic overhead, took a step forward. Seeing Ricardo's movement, Subaru made right and began to move, but... Subaru-sama! Down! Feeling a sudden yank on his collar, Subaru found himself being dragged to the ground by Krush. Ricardo stood in front of the two, shielding them, releasing a ferocious roar. Uh... The roar created fierce sound waves which shook the atmosphere, creating an invisible force of destruction. The roaring wave was an attack of the same quality as the one Mimi and her younger brothers had used against the white whale. This killed that noticeably injured it, and Ricardo had just unleashed it completely on his own. But being backed by the roar was a glowing black flame that had broken through the white light and swept the ground. The jet black flames rippled frighteningly causing the heart of those who witnessed them to tremble from its horrifying nature, rather than heat, as everything they touched crumbled to dust. The black flames that were intercepted by the roar's sound waves were dispersed with ease, being scattered all over the square. However, the real horror of the flames was only discovered after they hit the ground. That fire... is coming out. Black ash fell towards the slate ground, still burning without any sustenance. Despite this, the flames continued to burn, spreading to the surroundings. Even more scary was the fact that any fire that had fallen on the surface of the water also continued to burn, like dripping burning oil onto the water. The fire continued to assert its existence. Oh, how long are you planning to stay like that? Really, uh, doesn't this kind of thing usually happen in reverse? Subaru, no matter how you look at it, being protected by a woman is... Ricardo and Julius both offered discouraging words to Subaru, who was still recovering from the terror of the scattered black fire. Following their line of sight, Subaru discovered that he was laying on the ground with Kush on top of him, shielding him from any damage. What? I am glad that you aren't hurt. Please rest assured, I shall refrain from telling Ferris and Amelia about this. I feel even more ashamed of feeling relieved! Crush pulled him to his feet, decreasing Subaru's coolness factor by another 10%. Adding the dust of his bottom, Subaru looked up towards the source of the Black Flame, obviously the Black Dragon, and he frowned. He could sense nothing but from her but a sense of disgust. <sighs> disgusting! Disgusting! Don't look at me with such an aroused gaze! Stop looking! Don't violate me with your dirty eyes! any dancers who perform for you, so stop ravishing this charming lick. <laughs> what the hell? Despite taking Julius's magic head-on, Capella acted as if nothing had happened. However, that was not to say that she had not suffered any harm. In fact, she had suffered considerable visible damage from his attack. The proud dragon's right wing had been scorched off until it was no more than a hanging bloody piece of flesh. Perhaps she had wanted to use the wing to protect her body, but the damage meant that even that had failed. The power of that spell had burned through the Black Dragon's wings, reaching her body. Her abdomen had been scorched and melted, and her innards seemed to have been boiled until they looked like jerky. 
The right side of the dragon's head had been blown off, and the tongue that enjoyed ridiculing others had been severed. Her eye dangled freely, no longer resting in its socket. Dead would not suffice to describe it. There was nothing but a corpse. Subaru audibly swallowed. Julius and Ricardo frowned, and Krush could not help but give a little girl's gasp. However, that was not because of the dragon's horrific state. Instead, it was due to the fact that the injured flesh was regenerating. Blood vessels wriggled, flesh swelled, bones squeaked, torn fibers sewed themselves together, and Capel's destroyed body regenerated at an alarming rate. In a bizarre scene, the impossible heat given off her regeneration evaporated any remaining trace of blood, creating red steam. Now, having seen my beautiful internal organs, are you satisfied? You perverts are so full of carnal desire that you even want to see the asshole of your favorite piece of meat, aren't you? <laughs> satisfied? Hey, were you so satisfied you started leaking? How? What? What happened? Shouldn't you be able to tell on sight? Do you actually have to ask? Foolish are you, but this benevolent lady shall answer you. As you can see, I'm obviously immortal. Immortal, the simplest, most absolute description of her power. Suru could not help but gear up at Kibala's description of her own power. The thought that she was bluffing crossed his mind. He did not want to believe her words, so it would be comforting to think that she was bluffing. It's nothing but a quick regeneration ability. Call it whatever you want. I'm amazing, and everyone who calls it invincible are idiots. I don't think they're that far from the truth, though. My, my, my! You're unable to even talk anymore! You disgusting, rotten pieces of shit! You poop, putrid, filthy meat! Go die! Everyone except me should go die! Wait, wait, wait. Suddenly, Capella interrupted her own hateful words. She unfurled her, unfurled her heeled wings and fluttered them, slowly bringing the, her bulky form towards the roof of the city hall. Thinking that she was preferring to preparing to swoop down upon them, Subaru braced himself for her attack. However, Time's up! I have to go make the next, next broadcast, so I'll go back inside. Talking to you is just a waste of time, and I'm in a hurry! You all just stay here and die, along with that rather lovely piece of meat. Go rot in hell! Huh? Huh? Suddenly losing interest, Capella yawned, dropping the tension. Then, she, albeit it wasn't really certain if you could call the dragon a she, Capella turned herself around and with heavy footsteps strode into the depth of the city hall, where Subaru lost sight of her. He could not help but consider whether that was meant to lure her enemies deeper, deeper in or not. She might be trying to lure us in. Do you agree? But we cannot allow her to make that broadcast. If we let her go, people in the city are going to start panicking. Shit! Do we have to go inside and chase her like this? She had a bad feeling about it. In the first place, with that size, how did Capella enter the inside of City Hall? Although he did not know how large the broadcast room was, it seemed that Capella would destroy the room with the slightest of her movements. Perhaps. She had the witch cult to set up the meteor, set up the meteor up so that all she needed to do was speak. But he did not have the time to consider that right now. Alright. Leave the guys on the outside to those two and me. 
You're in with Julius Nietzsche and Cruz Georgia. Ricardo gave his instructions to Subaru and the others. Uh, Subaru replied with a quizzical gaze, hoping that there was some rationale to that decision. Don't be like that. The swordsmen are a tad too much for you and Krush. And, I, and I'm, not I'm not suited for indoor action. Julius Nietzsche shouldn't have a single problem with that, don't you think? A very apt judgment. I would have made a similar decision. To be honest, I would be rather worried leaving only Wilhelm and Garfield here. So I shall leave that up to you, Ricardo. Leave it to me, kiddo. Julius and Ricardo nodded to each other. With no time for Sewer and Krush to interject, being from that same faction, perhaps could, they could communicate their intent with only a glance. Subaru was unable to protest, so, scratching his head... Garfield! You're absolutely not allowed to lose! After you send that guy flying, and we defeat Lust, we're going to save Amelia! You hear me?! Captain! I ain't got time to deal with you right now! Subaru spoke to Garfield, who was still engaged in his chaotic war, and nodded to Julius. Next to him, Crush lifted a hand towards her mouth, aiming her voice in Wilhelm's direction. Wilhelm! I shall leave everything to you! I shall do as you command. Wilhelm gave a brief response to his master's brief words. A true master in vassal exchange only required those brief words. Having shown her intent to go along with the plan, Crush joined Subaru, and led by Julius, they charged towards the city hall. Leaving the central square, the three ran towards the interior of the city hall. The two figures guarding the tower responded to their movement, foregoing their current opponents foregoing their current opponents for Subaru's group. Standing in a line like that makes it easier for me. Ha! His ferocious laugh created destructive sound waves which swept up the stones on the pavement, and the giant and a woman faltered slightly with that attack. Although the power of the roaring waves had begun to diminish, they were still effective enough to halt the two. Behind them, their respective dance partners caught up, speaking words of discontent. How discourteous. Ignoring me. I will have, uh, when I have eyes for only you. Don't turn your ass on your opponent unless you want it gone. Ora, ora, ora! Slashing and slicing, striking and stabbing, the chaotic duels in the square continued. Fierce battles which allowed for no outside intervention. While hearing the sounds of those ferocious battles, Suu and his group rushed towards the front entrance of the city hall, waltzing inside without even slowing down. Where would the broadcasting room be? I do not know for certain, but I assume it would be at the uppermost level, for the voice to reach as far as possible. There may be ambushes along the way. Be careful. Past the main entrance, they arrived at the reception lobby of the city hall. In times of peace, that place should have been crowded, with a pretty lady providing a reception service and bright lights pouring the scene. But now, it appeared to have been ransacked, the lights of the place dimmed to create an ominous atmosphere. Fortunately, there were no other witch cultists occupying this level, nor were the corpses strewn across the room, so... Come on, let's go! There should be some kind of floor map telling us where the room is! If we can, I would also like to confirm the safety of the City Hall staff, although that does not appear to be too greedy right now. What? He checked the help desk and confirmed that no one was hiding there, then pointed to the stairs. Julius responded without a word, glaring back at the lobby, and gently shook his head. 
Krush followed him with a frown, and upon tracing his gaze, her expression was filled with horror. Seeing her reaction, Subaru went around the reception and joined the two, and placing his games upon the same thing held his breath. With dragging, pitter-pattering steps, a figure appeared. Peeking around the stairs, a child wearing a mischievous smile emerged. At, it, at first glance, he only looked like a child, a petite physique, a childlike face, evoking an image of youthfulness. However, those ideas were only pleasant until taking notice of the boy's eyes. His dark brown hair hung loose, and his body was wrapped with a single cloth, giving him a rather grim appearance. With a devilish smile on his little face, his eyes locked on as if looked as if they contained all the poisons in the world. With decaying glows and toxic liquids, they were, of course, not the eyes of a decent human being. And, in the present circumstances, it was evident what was wrong with him. So happy. Very happy. So very happy. So very, very happy. Because of this happiness. Such happiness. Incredible happiness. Such incredible happiness. Such incredibly incredible happiness. Deserves drinking. Not me. <laughs> The longer you wait for something, the hungrier you get. So the first bite must be delicious to make up for it. Please, happy from the bottom of his heart, the barefoot boy marched as a dancing to a beat. As he spoke, he revealed a snaggletooth, a canine too long that was peeping from his mouth. Seeing that image, that attitude, that exaggerated speech, Sue's mind began to boil. If this was not just his imagination, if that boiling rage didn't even exist, then this was. You, kid, if you're just some naughty kid who was left behind while playing hide-and-seek, then confess that right away. It's really the case. We'll forgive you and let you go. Otherwise, hurry up and give your name. <laughs> what do you mean, Oni-chan? You look mad. Are you someone with a grudge against us by any chance? If we could remember, we would! But we're stupid and have bad memory! Speaking in a low voice, Subu deliberately endured the desire to raise his voice. And, as if deliberately provoking Subaru, the kid twisted his juvenile face into a mocking smile. <laughs> Are you sure that attitude is really meant for us? Or is it for someone that isn't us? That's enough! Can see that you are my enemy! We are Sin Archbishop of the Witch Cult, representing Gluttony, Roy Alfard. Gluttony! As soon as the child claimed to be Gluttony, Subaru struck with his whip. Slashing through the air, his whip mercilessly cut through the wind and on his journey towards the enemy's base. However, well, it's not uncommon to face people who want a bite of us! <laughs> His teeth biting the end of whip, Glunny spoke brazenly, 